You're listening to The Pithy Chronicle. History with a bite. I'm Caroline. And I'm Erica. And we bring you history's dirtiest deeds dripping with sarcasm. Are you hungry yet? Welcome back, Pithy listeners. We are excited to share with you a little snippet about court life in Japan. And this was something I had no clue about. The land of the rising sun. And boy, does it rise early. It does. (laughs) You have to have the blackout curtain. Especially with the toddler, but yeah. Maybe they had had blackout curtains in our topic today, the Ooku, the Great Interior, or the Shogun's Harem. This term mostly refers to the inner chamber of Edo Castle, but now that things have come out a little bit more about it, which we'll get into how secretive it was, now it more refers to the women's quarters of the larger daimyo castles in this era. Before we get going, let's do a teeny bit of housekeeping. We just want to thank everyone for writing and reviewing, checking us out on social media. Erica is constantly putting out fun TikToks for us to enjoy. I never feel like more of a millennial than when I'm trying to do TikToks. (laughs) (laughs) And we want to thank our Patreons for all of their support. And for those of you that have bought us a coffee, also remember that we are doing a little giveaway when we start season four. Can't believe it. Are we going to tell them? I think we should keep them on their toes until the last episode of our intertempora. Okay. We will reveal our subject at the end of our intertempora for this summer session. Session. Summer session. Yeah. For every dollar that you have given, and we are so grateful for all the support, you will be entered to win some pretty quality merch. Listen. Some of which is quite humorous, as it definitely refers to Hot Girl Summer. There's some boobs. Some of which. So if you like boobs. <laughs> there you go. Send us a coffee. (laughs) And now back to boobs. Yes, back to boobs. And I see that you're wearing the nipple do. (laughs) I know. I tried not to, but I just needed to get it up. Here, I'll join you in solidarity. All right, Erica, tell us about the boobs of the Ooku. To tell you more about the boobs, I first have to tell you a little bit more about the castle makeup. The Ooku was built inside of the Honmaru, which is like the fortress walls. In 1607, the Tokugawa shogun passed a special law to separate the Ooku completely from the outside world. So this does feel a bit like the Turkish Ottoman harem. Yes, it okay. really does. It really does. And yeah. I did not know there was any type of, Mm-mm. I'm sure they had affairs and mistresses. And concubines. Yeah, but the fact that there was like an actual pleasure center location, it no, it, again, like the Turkish harem, it was not a very okay. Okay. sensual place. I mean, of course, there were things going on, but it wasn't a pleasure district. No red lights, got no it. No red lights. By this law, noble women living in the Ooku could not leave the castle without permission, and no women within the Ooku were permitted to have a relationship with a man. Oh. It's widely believed that it was only used by women, but there were some men who took part in the life of the ladies' court. Oh, are we getting eunuchs? There was no specific mention of eunuchs, but a similar subservient to the women in the Ooku. No touching. No, oh, of course no touching. No touching. Just bringing you food. Okay. This system lasted for 200 years. 
pretty much the entire Shogun era. So this was only during the Shogunate era. This was separate from... Yes, it's different from whatever was going on with the Imperial family and the Emperor. The Shogun were a warrior class, and they took power from the Emperor. But they were like, hey, you know what? Like, you're still a fancy dude. You're still descended from the god. You can still be divine. You just stay in your area, and we will take care of everything. And by take care of everything else, I mean just run the country. So between 1603 and 1867, Japan was under the Tokugawa shogunate. And that's when Tokyo, or Edo as it was then, became the capital, moving it away from Kyoto. So this is the warrior class having its own little harem. Yes. While the emperor has his concubines. Because they can. Because they can. Wow. The shogun had an official wife, Midai Dokoro, and some unofficial wives, concubines, mistresses. Oh, I'm going to talk about that next week. Now, you might be thinking about the kids. What happened when you had a male heir? Yeah. Were they shipped off at eight years old, never to be seen again? The male heirs residing in the Honmaru were required to move to the Sanomaru after coming of age. The Sanomaru was the household of the Omidai Dokoro. Omidai Dokoro. The past shogun's official widow lived there, and the former shogun's widowed concubines without children in the royal family. That's where the male heirs would go to get that nurturing and... From the widows. From the widows, yeah. Well, that's interesting that they were all raised together. Because yeah, often odd, with right? this, like concubinage or harem system they're separated out because they know the final showdown for the shogunate (laughs) is coming yeah but there was more of a firstborn son is the heir rather than battle of the fittest more primogeniture yeah there was way more primogeniture and not as much i'm gonna kill you in the night So no male adults were admitted onto the floor of the Ooku without the express permission of the shogun. And the corridor through which the shogun entered was called the Ozutsuroka, and that's the great bell corridor. There was a custom that you rang the bell, the Zuzu bells, to announce the entrance of the shogun. This corridor was the only route that connected the Ooku to the rest of Edo Castle, and it was usually locked. So they were locked in. For real gilded cage here. As much as other people were locked out. Yes. They cannot leave. Okay. And of course there is a hierarchy. What else? The woman who sat in the top position was called the Joro, selected among noble families in Kyoto. She taught many things, including ikebana, so how to arrange flowers, tea ceremonies, and arranging everything in the ladies' quarter. So the Joro was not the favorite. No. It was someone who was able to teach and give counsel and be a good leader. The Joro was Midadokoro, the wife's right-hand woman. She took orders from her, but also gave her counsel. She was kind of the chief of staff. Yeah. If you're thinking about the president, she's the chief of staff. But now I am. And then beneath her, we have the Otoshiyori, which is a court lady who runs the Ooku, okay. the day-to-day management. Then you have someone who is responsible for receiving ambassadors from various daimyo. Daimyo meaning the warlords. 
Yes. This is all she does. I want that job. The Okyoko Ashire. I want to be the person who receives the ambassadors. How neat is that, that a woman is meeting and receiving ambassadors? Absolutely. With some good ikebana in there. So I mean, I mean, I feel like I could prepare a really nice tea ceremony for them. Yeah. Then you have your official poison taster. I don't want that job. Mm-mm. There was a personal assistant of the shogun and his wife. These were women of good social standing, but not necessarily noble backgrounds. Okay. Concubines could be chosen from these women. So think about this as her ladies-in-waiting. If you have to find a Western... Equivalent. Equivalent. That's what this would be. And then we keep just getting a little bit lower ranking. Many girls were between the ages of 7 and 16. So they were not engaging in concubine activity, but they were there to make sure that the midai dokoro was taken care of. This is a lot of structure for the wife Mm -hmm. and for her household. Because it sounds like they're all trying to have a female quarters that supports the wife Mm -hmm. with ambassadorial duties, with lessons and learning and prepping handmaidens. Yeah, I mean, we even have a woman who is responsible for maintaining the locks on the gates between the Oku and the Nakoku. Okay. Between essentially the men and the women. And she's responsible. You also have a woman who's like the supply officer. She runs a supply chain in and out of the palace to make sure that everything is being wow. procured that the Oh, they had needs. fire patrols. Yeah, you Martial have... arts and security guards. Mm-hmm. Nice. We did talk about the Onabugeisha and the Onamusha in a previous episode. That's These are where they are standing guard at the Ooku, making sure that no men are getting in there to, you know, cause issue as they are wont to do. They are. There's even scribes who are responsible for all official documentation, keeping diaries and letters, and inspecting gifts from the daimyo warlords, making sure they're appropriate. How dare you send me this second class piece of porcelain? Yeah. Now, if you are thinking about older women. Yeah, I was thinking that. What happens after you turn 16? I don't know about the 16, but you do have your obotsu, and they're responsible for the shogun's miscellaneous affairs. They're women in their middle ages. They wear their hair in a certain style. They wear haioris over their kimonos, and they are the ones who are occasionally let out of the Ooku to go into the Nakaoku or to run errands. So once you've lost your beauty, you've gained your freedom? Not necessarily your hearing? beauty, but your fertility once you've at least. you've lost your fertility, you've gained your freedom. Yeah. Oh Tit for tat. Yeah, I mean, there's really no other way to say that. That's really crappy. We're so sorry, ladies. This is an incredible structure, but here's the thing. I took a week to do this research. I maybe found five English translation sources because people were sworn to secrecy and breaking this oath about what goes on in the Ooku usually resulted in a family member's death. Not yours, but a family member's. So the shogunate lasted up until the Western influence, yep. basically. Meiji Restoration. The Meiji Restoration came and took away the, the warlord's power. However, it's it's relatively recent, if you think in yeah. terms of history. I mean, 1867 is just not that long ago. It's so really not. this was a secret to the populace. This was a secret to the outside world. I mean, clearly the women knew this was going to happen to them. 
I think they knew that there was okay. an Awoku if you were a noble woman, but no one was allowed to speak of what happened in the Awoku. Anything that came out, they very much tried to stop No wonder it. they needed ambassadors and representatives. And mm -hmm. Obviously, one of the reasons we can't get a lot of it is because there's just not a ton of English sources. translated information, especially from that era. The only reason I... <laughs> This is slightly embarrassing, but here we go. Ooh. The only reason I wonder if this is real is because Netflix just released a anime based on a manga that's a gender flopped version of the Ooku. So I was like, this can't be real. I I've like her gender swapping. Look at that. Yeah, it, it's fascinating. Highly suggest it. A lot of it is historically accurate. Obviously, the gender swap is not. I want a harem of men, so I'm fine with that. I do not. I don't have the time for that. Well, but they're going to self-regulate. Do you really want to deal with more than one? I have one. One is plenty. So we're going to see a little bit of these repercussions in the Ejima Ikushima affair. These secretive repercussions. I mean, it is secretive, but it did cause a pretty decent scandal because it was at the height of the Ooku. Love a good affair. This scandal occurred in the first lunar month of 1714. It takes place at the Yamamurasa Kabuki Theater in Edo, which is Tokyo. And the protagonist of the scandal are Lady Ejima, serving at the court of the mother of the seventh Tokugawa shogun, and Brighton shining kabuki actor named Ikushima Shingoro. Okay. During the 17th century, it was not unusual for higher ranking men and women to visit these kabuki theaters. Kabuki actors were often invited to perform at the residences of feudal lords and even at the palace. It's like having Mozart come play for your afternoon tea when you're right. the king of Prussia. Exactly. And this infatuation with the world of kabuki was frequently forbidden. The government stance kind of back and forth. Was this good or was this too political or was it sinful or it was in flux. But oh. before 1714 the enforcement of the laws had been pretty lax. So why the incident in 1714 blew into this grand court case which passed judgment over a thousand people? Ooh, that's yeah, quite a list. Oh yeah is usually explained by the fact that the affair happened exactly at a time when the Tokugawa government was about to embark on a new policy of frugality and moral reforms, and that the case was used as a showcase to mark this new governmental attitude. And to prove that it was needed. Right. This woman's kind of gotten too big for her britches, and now this is why we're having all these reforms. So someone is going to have to be the example. Yeah. The scapegoat. Lady Ajima was a high-ranking lady in the Oku, and she was going to visit the grave of the late shogun Tokugawa Ienobu. She was doing this visit as a proxy for her superior, the mom of the ruling shogun, who had been a lady-in-waiting and a concubine to the dead shogun. Basically, she was like, hey, I really need to go see my boo thing's grave, but I can't get out of the house today. Can you go do it? And she lived in the widow's quarters of the right. Honmaru. Yeah. Ejima sent a messenger to acquaint the priest that she intended to arrive very early in the morning and that no preparations would be necessary for her reception. I like it. Humble. 
She would, however, find it highly gratifying if arrangements could be made whereby she and her party could pay a visit to the theater in Sakaicho. As might have been expected, the reply of the priest to this missive was that the theater part of the ladies' program was impossible since that's, We're that's like not our thing. Not we don't do that. Actors. Sorry. I don't need anything to worship, but could you get me the hot new ticket? Can I Broadway? get some tickets to the Eras tour? Real quick, no big deal, today. And they were like, dude, we, we don't have Ticketmaster. We can't get you that. Earthly possessions to include tickets. Yeah, these monks can't get you theater tickets, girl. Obviously, she's a little put out by this, and she arranged matters to suit herself. There was a young clerk, and he was accustomed to go to the castle regularly for orders. And so she, instead of just going to the ticket counter, she says, Hello, sir, you go take care of this. And he was accordingly commissioned to prepare the gallery of the Yamamuraza for a party of 100 persons. She got news that she was going out early in the morning to pray over a dead man's body. And then she managed to find a hundred other people who also had freedom that day to go party. Yeah, there are a lot of plot holes in this story, but I couldn't find more information and it, it I just want to know. All right, all of this is not a good start for her. As planned, Ejima proceeded to Zojoji, but hurried over her spiritual duties <laughs> and presenting but a portion of the money materials and other gifts that were designed for the priest, she kept the remainder to be distributed as personal favors at the theater. She made party favors. That's awesome. You know what? That's thrifty. Uh, yeah, they were supposed to go to... To the dead guy. No, to the monks. Oh. Like, the, the priests. Good. Oh, no, the priests. No, these were supposed to be like, thanks for taking care of my dead shogun. All right, so far, Ejima has not got much sympathy happening here. Uh-uh. Like, I know you're stuck in a gilded cage, but this Dude, is stupid. Dude, that's supposed to go... You're gonna to get caught. Like... <laughs> She's already been mean to them, already not given them all of the food and the money and the gifts. Anyway, so whatever. She was accompanied by several of the other ladies-in-waiting of first rank, as well as those who occupied lesser positions in the scheduled world of the shogun's household, and also by some male attendants. So all of these women got out. Why these women got out, I don't know, because they were not supposed to leave. Because the person who's on guard duty came along with them. And was like, I got this. I guess they had a full retinue of people. And I guess they were going to pay respects to the dead shogun. It's not like they were just... She took this I get to leave moment. A little too seriously. And ran hog wild with it. Mm -hmm. So she's made a day of it. Right. The arrival of this company at the Yamamuraza must have presented a really unusual spectacle. Mm-hmm. It's like the royals show up to Broadway. You're not prepared for that. Uh, yeah, that would be exciting. The proprietor of the theater, with the leading actors, clad in ceremonial costumes, welcomed their distinguished visitors at the entrance to the theater, and during the interval was a feast. Ooh. Ejima, who became slightly intoxicated, spilled a bottle of sake, and the contents fell down on the heads of the party below, which is not great. It's kind of rude. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get sloppy drunk, don't be at the theater. Unfortunately, it happened to be a samurai of the Satsuma clan accompanied by his wife. 
someone pretty important. Yeah. And even though someone apologized from Ejima's party, the irate samurai left the theater. Ejima was advised to return to the castle without delay because obviously someone's going to tattletale on her. Yeah, because she was hoping this would never get out at all. I guess, but how could it not? Because they were all praying over the dead children. I don't know. I, I don't well, know. she did not listen, determined to no. see the end of the show. Yeah, I know. I'm shocked. The theater owner invited the ladies to his private residence and it was not until late that night that Ejima returned to the castle intoxicated. The gates were closed. She was looking for a way in and then she found that she could slip through that garden gate every night that summer just to seal my fate. And boy did she because Ejima who was bold and independent 33 years of age I mean she's coming up on that infertility yeah. equals freedom she's moment like I'm out she's, she's on the way <laughs> And she had apparently a lot of money and a lot of income. Patched up a story of the day's proceedings for the benefit of the shogun's mother and omitted all reference to her escapade at the theater. Don't worry, I went to the grave. He's fine. He's resting soundly. I prayed all day for you. With my retinue of 100 people. We all prayed. Real hard. The Real hard. And for a while, it didn't get out. They knew that she had been out and that she had missed curfew, but that was about it. She was just really pious and praying a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> so when it was discovered that Ejima had been carrying on relations with Ikushima Shingoro for seven years. Wait, who is Ikushima Shingoro? Is that the, the performer? The famous actor. So yeah. she's had an affair with him for seven years? Yes, and she had taken one of his daughters into the service of the court under the false pretense that she was from a samurai family. So, oh, that's yeah. pretending to be of noble yeah. blood. That's a big one. That's yeah, rough. That's not good. It's not good. <laughs> this woman, she just did not stop. The government dealt severely with all those who had participated in this little misadventure. And Ejimo initially was sentenced to death, but received a pardon and was instead placed on a lonely island in the middle of nowhere. Cool. It was the custom for the entire family to suffer when one member had committed an offense. And consequently, the death penalty was meted out to Ejima's elder brother, while a younger brother was exiled. What? Her brother was killed because she went to the theater and got drunk? And he was not allowed Man, to- Man, actions have consequences. He wasn't allowed to commit seppuku. He was beheaded like a common criminal. And one of her younger brothers, too, was exiled, and other relatives shared the punishment. Damn. As for the proprietor of the theater and Ikushima Shingoro, they, too, were exiled, all to different places. So, of course, it would be very difficult to get back together. We're going to do it. You might as well do it right. And the theater was first deprived of its license, and then the building was demolished, and the property confiscated by the government. And such was the end of the Yamamuraza for it did not ever, quote, raise its head among the Edo Shinbai. 
Unquote. No, they cut the head off of that dragon. Wow. Yeah. And this is all not because she had the affair. Yeah. Because that came out separately. Or because she had the affair, brother died. It's not very clear. I think they would have kept it a secret had it not been this rivalry between the dowager queen, essentially the dowager wife, and the concubine who was the mother of the current shogun. Which, after daddy is dead, the mother of the current shogun is higher up in the hierarchy, probably. Right. Right. Than the former wife. Yeah. Exactly. The official wife sees the opportunity of her missing her curfew and having her escapade to launch an investigation of the Ooku. And there were, of course, as we've seen, <laughs> so many offenses. Women have been stuck in this cage yep. and they have found little ways around this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where if nobody goes digging, nobody's hurt. Right. But once you open that can of worms, Pandora's box explodes. Exactly. 1,300 people were punished because of the infractions, letting people go, and then the whole family has to be punished. It was just wild. This theater district never recovered. All of the Kabuki theaters now are in Asakusa, which is farther away from Edo Castle, because they were like, we're getting out of Dodge. We don't want any more of these harem visitors. Mm -mm. Get away. With this, the official wife was able to come back into power as the most dominant woman in the harem. The following year, when her husband's son dies, she supported the Tokugawa Yoshimune, who was the successful contender for the shogunate. Essentially, because of this scandal, because of her being able to take this power back, she was able to support the successor to her husband's child. Oh my god, this took down the shogun himself? No, he just died. He just died. He just died. Okay. He just but died But that's regular. not good for the mother of the shogun. She's probably out of power. She's done so. It's interesting. Gilded cage or not, they still definitely had a lot of influence and power. Yes. Especially when they turned on each other. Now, I do have a little tidbit. Put this wherever you want. I will. In Donald Shively's A Kabuki Reader, History and Performance, he talks a little bit about Shingoro. He says, During the early years of the 18th century, the most talked about actor in Edo was Ikushima Shingoro. A contemporary work on actors says that he specialized in love scenes, Mm. of which he was considered the founder. He played them realistically and provocatively. Another book says that he was extraordinarily handsome and that the women of Edu were wild about him. Well, I can see why she would break all the rules then. Ejima was in captivity for 27 years, <laughs> was only fed vegetables and broth, which must have done wonders for her figure, but was probably not very delicious. No. And died in an unmarked grave. I guess I hope he was worth it. I mean, if he's performing those love scenes realistically and provocatively and they've been doing it for seven years. there you go. And that, my friends, is that. I'm Caroline. And I'm Erica. And we are Pithily Yours. This episode is brought to you by the Pithy Chronicle, LLC. The Pithy Chronicle is intended for education, entertainment, and non-commercial purposes. Any views or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity. While we offer lots of sarcasm, this podcast does not offer any advice or services. Listening to this podcast may induce fits of laughter, unexpected distraction, or uncontrollable rage at the subjects. Hopefully not at us. We hope you learned something today. If not, so sorry. 
Please be advised we are not experts in the following fields. Medical, legal, financial, technological, thermonuclear engineering, submarine warfare, neuroscience, or cat husbandry. Thanks for listening to our little disclaimer. Just covering our history-loving asses. Bye!